IU Louisville play tomorrow, Saturday in Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll get you all the last minute info you need to know there, as well as Michael Penix reflecting on his time back in IU, telling a story that doesn't exactly paint the Hoosiers in the best light. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Shout out to all of you for making us your first listener, just for tuning in wherever that may be from, YouTube, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it may be. Appreciate all the support you guys give. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Before we dive in, want to remind everyone or maybe mention if you didn't see it last week, we're going to do a live show. Once the IU game goes final, probably three o'clock ish uh, on Saturday, we'll talk about the game, our t- instant takeaways, some of the things of that note. So be sure you're subscribed over at YouTube, following us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers, so you can join in on hopefully the Hoosiers' second win of the season. But on that note, Indiana takes on Louisville at noon, uh, early kickoff after some wonky kickoffs to start the season. Early kickoff, Hoosiers and Louisville at noon. Lucas Oil Stadium, it'll be on Big Ten Network, a series that hasn't been played often. Is it going to be played a much more in the future? Has been much of the discussion this week. Only two meetings between these two teams. Couldn't find a ton on the the games themselves. 1985, Indiana won 41 to 28, and then the following season, 1986, the Hoosiers won 21 nothing. Both of those games taking place in Bloomington. That's it. That's the only two times that I see that the Hoosiers and Cardinals have met. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Every day, as we'll have heard on Thursday's episode, as we previewed this game more in depth with Locked on Louisville host Dalton Pence, we ca- we discussed the news about uh, the, the series basically being canceled. On one hand, fully in support of IU doing whatever it takes to become bowl eligible, especially where the program is and how much that matters. Getting bowl eligible should be the goal. I will also admit, as a fan, I like playing the Louisvilles, the Cincinnati's, the ideally the Kentuckys, schools like that. Those are interesting, fun, different matchups that we're not normally playing, but you can't really have it both ways. You can't play, as we've seen, Cincinnati, Louisville, you might be able to play Kentucky and compete with them. Throw a little jab there. Uh, but you can't really play those teams and also become bowl eligible because when you're in the Big Ten and specifically the Big Ten East the last however many years, uh, there's so many just kind of losses that you just mark in already. Every non-conference game needs to be a, a game that you can win. So I understand what the Hoosiers are doing, even if I don't find it fun, basically. 
But if it gets us bowl eligible, I, I won't complain. This will be the third time the Hoosiers play at Lucas Oil Stadium. The other two meetings came against Ball State. Once in 2019, IU won 34-24 to open the season. Uh, Pinnix threw for 320 yards and a touchdown in this one. Um, Nick Westbrook had three catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. And uh, a win over Ball State, which hasn't always been the case in Lucas Oil, because the other game was in 2011. I took a bus, uh, a school bus, <laughs> from the Union to Lucas Oil to watch Indiana lose to Ball State, 27-20. to Edward Wright Baker threw for 270 yards and a touchdown. Uh, that was DeMarlo Belcher, four catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. But the Hoosiers could not stop Keith winning. And boy, what an annoying name that was when he beat Indiana. <laughs> and so Indiana lost that one and the bus ride home was not fun. <laughs> Saturday's game at Lucas Oil. Uh, this is from Indiana's preview, kind of their game notes. It's going to be the 26th game played in a professional football stadium in Indiana's program history. The fun fact is that the first came, the first came at Polo Grounds in Upper Manhattan, New York City, against Fordham in 1939. I haven't seen... A photo of that that would be one heck of a photo polo grounds is one of the wildest looking uh stadiums in sports history <laughs> and so i would love to see a photo of that i don't know if one exists but um interesting little fun fact there back to this game present day FanDuel hasn't really moved on this one all week iu is a 10 and a half point underdog the only thing that's moved, I can pull up the graphic real quick for those on YouTube. The only thing that's moved is that over-under has come down three points. So uh, everything else has stayed the same. The Hoosiers being a 10.5 point underdog. Uh, Louisville, according to SP+, Plus, which uh, again, everydayers will know how much we reference that. Louisville, boy, projected to win by 16 points. An 82% win probability. 34-18 projected score. There's a lot of kind of projection early in the season baked into these numbers through the first handful of weeks. So I think I use probably better than most projected them to be. But I think Louisville very much is a favorite here. So Indiana's going to have to put together one really strong game, one really strong performance to come away with this win. Will they be full strength when doing it? Last week, Cam Camper left the game against Indiana State. We have an update on his status, plus some other storylines we'll be watching heading into this one. We'll dive into all that here in a moment. LinkedIn, we mentioned at the top of the show, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Everybody has a LinkedIn. You can head on over there today. Go to LinkedIn Jobs. Excuse me. Go to LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Share it to your profile. Add that purple hiring hashtag so that everybody can see that you are hiring. Plus, they have simple tools, some screening questions to Weed out the candidates so that you are the people you are talking to, whether interviewing or hiring, are those best qualified candidates. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you guys are listening to this on Friday morning, be sure to check out Locked On College Football Live uh, each Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. It'll be on the Locked On Hoosiers YouTube channel. It'll be on every Locked On College YouTube channel. And uh, they go live every Friday, talk playoff implication, conference rivalry games, in-depth analysis like only Locked On can provide. Every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, Locked On College Football Live here on Locked On Hoosiers, Locked On uh, College channels all across YouTube. You guys won't want to miss it. One of the storylines heading into this game is Cam Camper, who left last week's game with a leg injury of some sort. Didn't look bad. He stayed in uniform on the sideline as opposed to EJ Williams, who was not in uniform on the sideline and I believe had a cast on it or brace on his hand. Camper, uh, Tom Allen revealed about as much as he's going to that he has practiced this week. To what degree, we do not know. But Tom Allen did say he'd practice this week and then reference the kind of pregame injury availability. Uh, I believe it's two hours before the game. We'll get basically the injury report that that is new this year. And basically with that being mandated, Tom Allen's going to reveal nothing until that injury report comes out. So I would expect him to be on it. Uh, Potential. I don't know if they have a lot of designations. I've only seen out and questionable, I believe. So we'll see. I would imagine he's probably going to be on it and probably say questionable. But it, he did practice this week. And that's encouraging news, I think. We'll see if he's able to play on Saturday. Obviously would be huge for the Hoosiers. They played well. They have some depth uh, around him. Omar Cooper, Donovan McCauley had big games in their... Uh, own rights last week that we talked about earlier this week but cam camper is obviously a very talented receiver that the hoosiers uh, very much if they're gonna overcome that double digit underdog that they are whether on FanDuel or sp plus you need someone like camper out there one of the the two big storylines other storylines i should say that i'll be watching is just taven jackson and, and playing a non-fcs school If you look back, last week was obviously incredible. He played really well. If you look back to the Ohio State game, it wasn't incredible. And I I wouldn't describe it as him playing well. I would describe it as conservative play calling. We've talked a lot about that. I think we're going to find out some answers this week. We're going to get an idea of if that Ohio State game was an apparition and like Something we're going to scratch our heads about a lot moving forward, or if that's what Indiana is going to do against non-FCS schools. I lean towards the former, that that was being overly conservative against Ohio State in week one, but we're going to find out this week, and we're going to find out, I think, a fair amount about Taven Jackson. He spent this week as the guy. He, he's been QB1. He's taken all those snaps, snaps, excuse me, um, Tom Allen kind of mentioned that he thought it was a really good week of practice for him after saying last week that basically he doesn't practice as well as he plays, which wasn't an insult, just kind of an observation. 
and I mean, he's not the only person that that's ever happened to. If he's, if he's playing well, I don't honestly really care how he practices. Uh, so, but Tom Allen did say he's, he's practiced well this week. So the question is going to be, how does he look against a non FCS school? How does he look against a legitimate team? Louisville is very much a legitimate team. As we talked to, uh, Dalton about on Thursday's episode, what does Taven look like? He, I I'm glad that he got as many snaps as he did against Indiana state to get more comfortable, but there's going to be a notable jump from Indiana state to Louisville. Is he going to be able to make that jump? I think unironically it helps that he's going to be in a familiar setting. Lucas oil might be the place that he has played the most games in his career outside of Cinder Grove high school. Uh, he probably actually played a fair amount at Tennessee. Uh, I would have to go back and actually look how many of those were home games and whatnot. But like unironically, if you're looking at where he's played the most games outside of Cinder Grove, Lucas oil is going to be like one or two on that list. So he's in a familiar place as much as that matters. I think that very, <laughs> I I'm not being joking here. I think that's going to help, uh, that he's in the, in a kind of atmosphere and environment that he has a level of comfort in. So we'll see. I have high optimism that he's going to look good. I, I think obviously that Indiana state game, you have to add some grains of salt to it, but also, the, some of the stuff he was doing is very much replicable. And so I'm excited to see what he's going to do against a legitimate FBS team now. And we will see that on Saturday. The other thing is on the other side of the wall, Indiana's defense versus Jawar Jordan. Jordan was uh, one of the names we obviously talked about uh, with locked on Louisville. So far this season, 14 carries 231 yards and three touchdowns. Basically, all of that came in uh, one game. That's not fair to say. 135 yards of those came in one game. He had 96 in a touchdown against Georgia Tech. A good chunk of those yards came on one run. I'm not trying to handicap anything. It's a small sample size. It's two games. You could say a good chunk of Jalen Lucas's yards came on two runs. I'm just trying to provide context here. Ultimately, he has 231 yards through two games three touchdowns. He is a probably Louisville's kind of most explosive weapon in terms of skill position players. And so Indiana play Indiana's defense played well against Ohio state, but they struggled against the run. It's just not no one player looked good statistically from that game for Ohio state because they have a three headed monster, but Ohio State on the ground was good in that game. They ran uh, for 143 yards in that contest. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how IU handles Jordan. Uh, he certainly isn't the, the best running back they they faced this year, but he's still an explosive player that can uh, bust out for a big gain and, and really switch the momentum and, and in a snap of a finger score a touchdown like that. So, I think there's going to be a big key on limiting him because on top of limiting him and how much that will take away some of their, of their explosiveness for Louisville, it'll also put some pressure on Jack Plummer, who has been shaky, a little inconsistent to start the season for Louisville, force him to make some plays and, and 
hopefully allow your defense to get some of those takeaways so that they're hoisting that WWE belt multiple times on the sideline on Saturday. So how Indiana's defense goes up against Jawar Jordan is going to be, I think, a really big focus on that side of the ball. I'm excited for this game. Again, be sure you guys are following on YouTube or Twitter to do a live show right after the game. Get your guys' input on that. Michael Penix, though. I don't think we've talked a ton about him yet this season. We have locked on Huskies for Washington now. If you guys want to go give them a listen and, and hear how Penix is doing. But he spoke uh, on a podcast, on a show this week. Had some revealing things about Indiana. We'll dive into what he said here in just a moment. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all new customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. You guys can go throw $5 down on any of those uh, bets on the screen now. I would probably pick out of those the under on 50 and a half because I think I use defense is legitimate. And if IU isn't going to win the game, it's probably because their offense is going to struggle. So I would take the under on 50 and a half and maybe IU plus 10 and a half, but you guys can throw $5 down on that today and not have to worry because you'll get those $200 in bonus bets back. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more visit fanduel.com slash locked on kick off the nfl season with an offer you won't want to miss fanduel official partner of the nfl let's talk michael Penix. he appeared on a show called the it factory with yogi roth of the pac-12 network I believe it's a show on the pac-12 network i Listen to a podcast version of it so it's available in a couple different places i would recommend listening to it after this uh, Michael Penix is such an easy guy to root for, and uh, I'm rooting for him in Washington this season. But I want credit Alec Lastly of Hoosier Illustrated who grabbed this. There was a clip of it that came out on Wednesday, and then um, I, the whole show came out, uh, I believe, on Wednesday night. He was asked about if he ever considered quitting. Because of the injuries he had. A very revealing answer. A little bit long, but stay with me here. Quote, yeah, it was hard. The 2021 season, it was real hard for me. A lot of people don't know, so coming into that season, I was coming back from a second ACL tear. Going through fall camp, it felt good. I felt pretty healthy. I'm like, I'm ready to go. And the Monday of the first week of the game, that would have been the Iowa game, so that Monday... He gets a phone call from my doctor. He says, I got a phone call from my doctor that did my surgery. And he's like, hey, you're not cleared yet for me. But if you want to play, then you can play. That wasn't news that I got all the way through the offseason. I always thought I was going to be good and I was ready to play. Getting that news, it definitely affected me in a negative way, not a positive way. It didn't allow me to play free. I was playing real tentative because I was like, if I have another season-ending injury... I didn't want to play anymore. At that time, there was a lot of things going on through my head. It was real hard for me to focus that year. Oof. 
Um, I use doctors, I would assume, are the ones that cleared him. I don't think he went into that game without any doctor clearing him. That being said, it's certainly concerning that the guy who actually did the surgery w did not clear him. And that was a pretty tight turnaround. We discussed it when kind of talking about that season and that we probably shouldn't have had as high of expectations for what his level of play was going to be because it was a relatively quick turnaround from an ACL injury, especially when he had suffered multiple. He got injured in November 28th of 2020 and was starting uh, September 4th, 2021. So like nine, nine and a half months even in kind of the modern era, that's a tough turnaround. And I mean, he absolutely looked like someone that was playing tentative and wasn't fully healthy, wasn't fully back. Those are very much ways I think we described him throughout the season. So I don't love hearing that for a number of reasons. And I, I there was another quote he gave. He actually kind of continued on with that same answer and said, there were times where the day of the game, I'd wake up, I'd wait until my roommate leaves, and I'd just lay on the floor and I'd just cry to God, just praying that he'd protect me that day because I knew where my head was at that time, and it wasn't truly fresh. It was a lot of tears, man. It was a lot of stuff I went to. That's hard to read. That's hard to hear. That's hard to imagine. There were a lot of um, mental hurdles he had to overcome three straight seasons, four straight seasons, I believe with season ending injuries, a couple ACL tears, separated shoulder, uh, an AC joint, I think was the one in 2019. Um, that was tough to listen to. Honestly, you understand, I think why after all of that, after the 2021 season, he entered the portal and needed to leave. Sometimes you need a fresh start. Sometimes you need to get away. Uh, he has He's had nothing but nice things to say about Indiana. I don't think it's a matter of he left because of he wasn't cleared and kind of any of that. And he's like, he didn't trust Indiana. It might be, but that would be pure speculation from everybody because he's never said anything like that. And he's, he's always been, he's never said anything bad about Indiana at all. I know he, I've seen on Twitter, he actually seem to say some good things about Indiana. So I don't want to, there's I, any, anything like that is pure speculation. I, if I were speculating on my end, I would say that he probably just needed a fresh start. He needed to get away from the place that he battled injuries for his whole career and to go somewhere new and try to revitalize himself, start anew. I don't, I didn't blame him then. I don't blame him now. Certainly after reading and hearing some of the battles he went through, he spoke about his relationship with Kalen DeBoer. He said when he entered the transfer portal, uh, he said that that was the phone call he was waiting on of Washington and Kalen DeBoer when he entered the portal. And the decision was pretty easy at that point. So I love Michael Penix. Uh, he gave IU fans the best season we, we may see in our lifetime. Uh, for a lot of us. So I have nothing but great memories and great things to say about him. I root for him. I watch him each week with Washington. He'll be playing Michigan state. If you want to scout a future IU opponent and want to root for Michael Penix, they play Michigan state tomorrow, 5 PM 
on Peacock. I will absolutely be watching that once uh, the game with the Hoosiers ends. So he has a fan in me. It was tough listening to that, reading that, all of that. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best and hope he finds success this season. He, I hope he wins a Heisman and, and goes on and has a successful NFL career. Uh, but that wasn't a great look on the Hoosiers, I don't think. I think there's – I don't think that it needs to be rehashed, but I think there's probably some stories to be told of some things that went wrong in that 2021 season where there was so much optimism. A lot of things went wrong, and this seems like a, another layer to that. So, tough stuff. But I'll be watching him. I'll be watching the Hoosiers on Saturday tomorrow if you guys are listening to this on Friday. Again, one more time, we will be live after the show or after the game against Louisville, probably sometime around 2.30, 3 o'clock, depending on how long the game goes. We'll be live on YouTube, so be sure to stop by, join in. We can celebrate, we can uh, commiserate together, whatever it is, we'll be here to talk about the game. So thanks as always, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen. Follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, leave those ratings and reviews. Most importantly, I hope everybody has a great Friday and a great weekend. Go Hoosiers, and as always, LEO.